Hello everybody and welcome to Behind the Alps. Today we're very lucky to have with us Jackson Weiss from Swift Components. Jackson, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here, Gio. It's good to see you guys. Great. Let's get started. Could you give us a little background on yourself, what you're studying, where you're studying, and what you're working on at Swift Components? Absolutely. So I'm 22 years old. I'm actually going to college right now at Conestoga College in Cambridge. And as part of my program, I thought it would be a good opportunity to join Swift Components as a co-op student slash intern. And when I joined them, a big part of my job here has been working with Tulip to create tracking information for our ISO audits. An ISO audit is where somebody comes into our plant, checks our production, and makes sure that we are doing everything up to their standard. If we reach that level of their standard, we can get permits to make more expensive parts and just more parts in general. So I pretty much record everything that is done out on the floor, and that's my job here with Tulip and Swift Components. Yeah, that's awesome. So what is it that you're studying? I'm studying computer programming and analysis which is pretty cool because a lot of what Tulip does relies on analysis. Ah, very cool. And when are you set to graduate? Uh, if everything goes according to plan, I will be graduating from my four-year program next spring, actually. Oh, awesome. Well, best of luck. Thank you. So can you give the listeners a little bit of background on Swift Components and what you manufacture? So here at Swift Components, we make acoustic insulation and just insulation in general for everything automotive. Right now, our big companies are Toyota and Honda, and we create sound insulation for the engine compartment as well as the cabin. We use heated presses to press the fabrics together, and we create these parts. Our floor has a whole bunch of different types of machines out on it, but most of them are heated presses or cutting machines to cut the materials that we use on those presses. Got it. Thanks. So you briefly touched on this earlier, but could you go into a little bit more detail on how you're using Tulip at Swift Components? From what I gather, you started using Tulip from the start, from when you joined, but it would be interesting to hear a little more on the solutions that you've been building. Absolutely, yeah. When I actually first started, I was studying under Kristen Danson, who is uh, my manager and one of the owners of Swift Components. She was the person who first got involved in Tulip, so there were already plenty of apps that were more or less half-developed when I first started. So my job was to finish and finalize those apps and get them out into production for the floor and make sure that they were updated and working properly. The initial apps that I worked on were apps where an individual would click off how many parts they made during their shift and which pieces of scrap were made. And so as more and more parts are being made, there would also be a small percentage of scrap that increased throughout the day. We needed to know what that scrap was as we were working in order to narrow it down and figure out what the cause of the scrap was. Once we could figure out the cause, we could fix it and we would just have less scrap overall, saving us money and time. Yeah, that's great. Those are definitely all really important aspects to design solutions to drive improvements for. So prior to using Tulip, are you aware of what tools Swift Component was using to reduce scrap in terms of time and product? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and much to my chagrin, uh, they used to use paper DPL sheets, which <laughs> is if you've ever had to translate little tally marks from the edge of a piece of paper into a program, it is the worst thing you can possibly do. <laughs> yeah, it sure sounds pretty time consuming. Oh, yeah. We used to take the paper sheets and somebody would have to put them all into an Excel spreadsheet, which was very time consuming and very difficult to get correct. Yeah, sure sounds like it. So could you walk us through, you know, from the user's perspective, how team members are using these apps and how they interact with them? 
So our apps are a simple front-end interface. When they first start up, they just have to enter the process parameters of whatever press and tool that they are using to create these parts. During the actual production of the parts, it is a single screen that has a line of buttons that they click on as they produce scrap. For instance, if one of the parts is broken in half, there is a button that specifies the part is broken in half. They click that button, it adds to the tally, and they just keep production going. When they complete an entire bin of 40, 50, 100 parts, they hit the bin complete it, and it adds that bin into our inventory. That way we can track how many parts we have and how much scrap was made on each line. Yeah, that's awesome. And how do you use this information that's recorded to actually drive improvements at the facility? We have weekly stand-up meetings where we discuss with all staff how our scrap rates were working for the last week, what the most common scrap defects were. We discuss with every level of employee what the best way to minimize the scrap is, and we do that all with charts from the Tulip dashboards. That's great to hear. And have you seen any reduction in scrap since you've been deploying these solutions? Absolutely. The biggest uh, increase that we've actually noticed is that when we're training employees, it's easier to figure out what those employees are struggling with, the new operators and the machines, that is. And as we figure out what they struggle with, we can give them better training and they simply stop making that scrap. It's a great system. Oh, very interesting. And was the actual training improvement an intended objective of these apps or was it a, a byproduct once the team started using these solutions? It's a little difficult for me to talk too much about that because I don't do too much training out there. However, from what I understand, it was kind of hand in hand. They both happened at the same time and they were both intended. We knew when creating the apps that new employees are going to be creating the most scrap. But at the same time, we didn't know what scrap they were creating. So kind of both. Okay, got it. So Jackson, can you share a little more on what your role is at Swift and where you play into the development and deployment of these apps? Absolutely. So when I first started, of course, I was just working on apps that had already been designed and built. And so I was simply fixing them up and making sure that the data that was getting entered from those apps was being recorded properly and that the operators that were using the apps were entering information properly. Anything from they sometimes would round decimals in weird ways or something like that, and they shouldn't be doing that. So my initial job was just to make sure data was getting entered properly. As I've been here longer, I've started building more and more apps. We get in new parts, so I have to build completely new apps from scratch. And the big thing is still table checking. Even if the app has been working perfectly for months on end, any number of things can go wrong with the data. And some rare occasions, an employee will double save twice the data, which means we'll have way too many parts in our inventory. And I have to fix that just very small things like that can happen. And I have to keep my eyes on the tables as they're getting saved to. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds like there's an aspect of the role that involves speaking with the users who are interfacing with the apps and actually using them. Can you walk us through how you involve feedback that you collect when you're building and improving these solutions? Absolutely. My favorite part about this job is definitely getting to pop out onto the floor, check in with the operators, talk to them and figure out how they're doing their job and what they could be doing better. I love just getting to be out on the floor. It's loud, noisy, and all the presses are out there working around. Most of the time when I'm out there and I'm chatting to them, I'll have the app on the tablet in my hand showing them how the app works. And I will be taking feedback on how they can do this more effectively. The big ones are scrap. Each button correlates to a specific type of scrap. On many occasions, we will completely eliminate an entire section of scrap and we will no longer need that button because there's so few pieces of scrap that are being made that we can just classify it under other. 
when that happens, the scrap button gets taken out. Although sometimes new scrap buttons have to be added in as we get different materials or new lines start running. Okay, understood. And what is the feedback that you get normally when, when you know, team members see the apps changing so quickly? <laughs> they are both simultaneously very happy to see new changes because normally it means the problem they were having the week before has been fixed. And at the same time, they're usually pretty scared because new changes occasionally mean new little bugs hidden away in the app that I didn't find during my testing. <laughs> and uh, they always have fun finding those for me. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting going on to shop floors. And I mean, especially loud ones is, is always pretty exciting. So yeah, can you share a little bit more, you know, since the months that you've spent at Swift, if there are any interesting opportunities that have opened up themselves to you because of this new skill that you've been learning? I've been studying computer science, so this has been a very nice in-workplace experience to test out the theses, I guess, that I've looked into. I'm not sure about new opportunities yet, as I haven't really been here that long enough to move outwards. However, the one thing that I have noticed is the statistics and analysis that I've been working on here. I believe that that's the career path that I'm interested in going down. I know a lot of people who use Tulip are a little bit more experienced than I am, and they have a defined career. I'm still in the kind of in-between stage trying to figure out what I want to do, and I really like the statistics path that I've been shown through Tulip. I definitely plan to continue studying it and working with it moving forward. Yeah, interesting to hear you share that. So there are indeed many users who are a little bit further along in their careers. But, you know, definitely I think having a computer science background puts you in an interesting position where you can use more advanced components of the platform, such as connectors or machine monitoring. Yeah, no, I, the machine monitoring is something that I'm absolutely looking into. I believe I've actually gotten to talk to you about it on a few rare occasions during the weekly office hours that you guys do for Tulip. I'm still working on implementing that. I've got some of the guys who actually make the machineries programming at the back end. I don't have that kind of programming experience, but working with them, I am interested in integrating it in with Tulip. I have no doubt that I'm going to move forward with that sometime soon. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Use cases often start as pretty specific solutions and then expand as users understand the capabilities of the platform. So do you mind sharing, you know, when you're exploring new ideas for potential solutions, how you kind of go through the thought process to get new ideas? Absolutely. That's actually come up relatively recently with our shipping and receiving system. I noticed that when we are receiving large rolls and quantities of fiberglass, they are distributed out to their individual lines that use that fiberglass to make parts. I figured that instead of having to just keep track of stuff in our head and just letting our inventory deplete naturally, I could create a quick app and I actually integrated some barcode scanners into our forklift tablet. So as rolls of fiberglass are being deposited at lines, you simply use the barcode scanner to take a quick scan of the material ID on the barcode and it depletes from our inventory naturally. It gives us a much more accurate look at our inventory as well as the fact that it doesn't really detract much from the time of the forklift operator. They've got to get out and roll the fiberglass off the forklift forks anyways. So doing that with a barcode scanner in your hand isn't difficult. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there are so many use cases that make use of, you know, really simple devices, but can have a pretty significant impact. And has this solution already been rolled out? It's only being tested right now. I believe it'll be rolling out within the next two weeks. Okay, very cool. So for folks that are studying process or manufacturing engineering, and I know this may be slightly different for you as you're still studying, but when you go back to school, what will be some of the lessons that you'll be sharing? In my personal opinion, 
the biggest things are still the statistics. I find those are fascinating to look at. And instead of just creating statistics, this position and specifically Tulip has helped teach me why we create the statistics. A big part of school is you get told what to do, so you do it. But out here in the actual job world and everything, I'm not told what I need to do. I have to find the statistics and make those useful myself. And so being out here and looking at the statistics like that has opened up kind of a new door to me. And I find it fascinating when I can look out and try to decide what needs to be improved and what needs to be tracked in order to figure stuff out like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, it can definitely be challenging to go from an environment where everything is very clear and explicit and prescribed, whereas in a manufacturing environment, it's important to go and really look for opportunities to improve, you know, kind of like you did for the, the shipping and receiving app. And aside from this app, are there other apps that you've seen, say, from the Tulip library or from other users on the community that you'd be interested in rolling out? My next hurdle is work instructions for different lines. Currently, we use paper work instructions for the vast majority of all of our parts that we make out there. And naturally, we would like to integrate these into the tablets that are already going to be at the lines anyways, just to save space and these live update it. However, work instructions have proven to be very infuriating for me as I find it difficult to create a perfect system for them. I mean, anything we make on Tulip is going to be better than the paper work instructions, but I'm very curious to figure out and look at other people's apps and how they made work instructions because I think that'll be the key to figuring out the best way to do this. Yeah, that's a very good point for sure. Seeing how others have built solutions is definitely a great way to learn. And so when you think about the future of manufacturing, What is it that excites you the most or you're most interested in? I would definitely say robotics and the modernization of line work. I'm very interested in seeing less human operators on the line and more robots and everything as I find they're significantly more precise and the programming in them is just simpler for me to understand. Stuff like tracking scrap would become simultaneously easier and more difficult because the scrap that gets produced less of it is going to be from operator air which is very scatterbrained and everything sometimes one day you'll have a lot of scrap of one thing the next day you'll have a lot of scrap of something else there's no consistency to it whereas implementing more robots on the lines and everything means that the only scrap you'll get will be consistent scrap normally from supplier defects like ripped material or something like that and that stuff can be tracked and traced much easier because once again, the robots are so consistent. So I'm very interested to look into that end of manufacturing. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are lots of things that we do as humans that we take for granted for and we can do very easily. But there are certainly many operations in manufacturing facilities, especially repetitive ones, that robots can do effectively. But yeah, Jackson, it's been awesome having you here on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences and insight with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again. I always like to be in here, chat with you about Tulip. So hopefully I'll see you again soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Thanks again and speak soon. All right. See you around. Behind the Ops is brought to you by Tulip. Connect the people, machines, devices, and systems used in your production and logistics processes with our revolutionary no-code frontline operations platform. Visit tulip.co to learn more. This show is produced by myself, Giovanni Carrara, and edited by Tom Obarski. If you enjoyed listening, one really easy way to support the show is to leave us a quick rating or even a review in iTunes as it really helps other folks find the show. If you have any feedback for this or any of our other episodes, you can reach us at giovanni at tulip.co. Thank you for listening to Behind the Ops. We'll see you next time.